Brian. Welcome to Breaking Content. Hey, Matt. Yeah, great to uh, connect with you as always. I feel like, you know, you and I have done like the guest interview thing for, for years. I'm on your podcast, you come on my podcast, and uh, it's kind of fun to uh, to get on a new show and sort of, I don't know, co-host this thing or do a season or I don't, what what are we doing here, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's how I had this crazy idea come about. Obviously, I listened to your Bootstrap Web podcast and in the recent either last episode or the episode before that, you started talking about like some of these side endeavors that you wanted to go down with Jordan. You were talking about how, you know, getting back into the content creation game is something that you're interested in. Podcast, video, you're currently redoing your office to like build what I'm assuming, and we'll talk about this, is almost like probably like a video set or a a better looking set when you're on video. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's a thread here that I really want to pull on because as a listener of the show, I'm sure there's other folks listening to Bootstrap Web going, hey, I love the running a business. I love when Brian talks about coding and and maybe like, you know, using Bench, if you still even use Bench, I forget what you're using these days. But like, they love that side of it. But for me, I'm like, I want to know more about this content marketing thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, Brian, let's do this limited series podcast. It won't take a lot of your time, won't take a lot of my time. And we'll do two episodes a month, make it nice and easy for us. Um, And what I'm hoping this breaking content is for, is for creators and founders right? The creators that are out there doing this creator thing, I'm making a few hundred bucks a month in, in YouTube AdSense and I'm selling sponsorship, but I need to get better. So I'm going to tune in. And there are founders out there of indie products, of other SaaS type companies, of WordPress theme plugins, the ones that I spend a lot of time with, who are like, got to supplement the business, need another, need another revenue stream. How can I transfer that knowledge into content marketing? So that's, that's a part of it. And why I picked you, obviously, is we've known each other for decades. I was, uh, I was we, thinking about that the other day. It's been a while. I, yeah. Like 2010, 2009, 2010, something like that we, we met. Yeah, when you when you talked about Restaurant Engine at WordCamp <laughs> Providence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, you know, and I was like, there's got to be other people like me who listen to Brian and also want to just go deeper on the content marketing. So when I pitched this idea to you and you were like, I don't have a lot of time. What is this going to be about? I'm like, think bootstrap web, but really focused on the content you know, and content marketing side of it. I, 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 I'm a fan of everything that you do, Matt, but also I think this is a really good timing because you're right. I'm, I am really spending a lot of time right now. I have been for the last like two months or so going deep down the rabbit hole of content creation and especially a lot of focus on YouTube and, and like researching and planning and plotting. And as you can see on video, I'm, uh, my office is in disarray right now. I'm, I'm, I'm redesigning the whole, the whole layout, but yeah. And I'm excited to do it with you because a part of this is I want to sort of pick your brain about, especially the technical side of everything when it comes to production, you know, not just podcasting. I know you're, you're, you know, you, you really know your way around a video production stack as well. So I'm really, really learning on that side of things. And, 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 you know, like literally this, this week I'm starting to figure out like which editing tools I want to get into. I, I've had the, the part of the thing for me has always been, you know, you were talking about like doing the content thing and being a founder and working on other businesses. Um, 
that's still the case for me today. I still run Clarity Flow as my as my SaaS business, but I am all this planning and plotting is toward sh- shifting my focus in 2024 to sort of making the content thing like I'm thinking of it like a media brand. That's going to become my main business, and Clarity Flow is is still going to be running it. I've got a small team working on it, but that's that's going to sort of be demoted a little bit to like a side business while I focus most of my energy and resources on building up a YouTube channel and audience again. And and like in the past, I've, I don't have a large audience, but, but what, what sort of audience that I've grown over the last 10, 15 years of doing this has always been a side, the, the audience thing for me has always been a side hustle, sort of like, like a side, like a byproduct of just being public about the about the work that I do on software and productized services and stuff and having the podcast with Jordan and stuff like that. It's just like audience building stuff that I don't really put a, lot, a whole lot of effort into. It sort of just happens. But now I'm trying to put actual effort as if it's like my main business and, and I'm learning how to make it like a full-time like creator media style business, you know? And I'm in like the, or like day zero of this right now. I'm really pretty just getting into it. That's a perfect segue uh, into today's topic, into the first episode. And I'm trying to, again, we're, we're getting, this is, a, I was just saying this to Brian before we hit record, literally spent two minutes just saying hi and then hitting record so we could get in, so we could save time and just get, get in the meat of it. But this is like a meta podcast, like Brian and I both working on our content and talking about how I'm building this particular series, this limited series of content. So we're going to shift into what I'm hoping is a series of evergreen episodes. These are going to hopefully titled and the, what we're talking about is going to be much more evergreen than it is in the moment. So if you are a fan of bootstrap web, or if you listen to like my short form podcast about WordPress, it's literally about, Hey, what's happening this week. Jordan and Brian talk about catching up. It's very in the moment. I'm hoping that these episodes are much more evergreen these hierarchical topics, hierarchical topics, I don't know if that's the right word, where we're looking at content marketing from a 50,000 foot view. Mm -hmm. The title I have written down (laughs) for today's episode is Why Content Marketing? And that's what I want to transition into right now to talk about that. But I do have a secret goal that I didn't mention from the preface segment was my goal is to make this your favorite hour every single month. (laughs) That's my goal is to make this your favorite hour every month. Let's talk about why content marketing, because I didn't know this until just now. You want to build a larger media brand. Why? Yeah. You know, content marketing, that term... I feel like nobody really knows what to th- what what is content marketing, but the way that I'm thinking about it right now in terms of this new brand and and the the name that I've started to sort of use and I got the domain name Instrumental Products, that's going to be sort of like the the brand name. I mean, it's it'll be built around my personal brand too, but that's sort of the name and the domain that I that I started working with. Again, it's super early days right now, but. I'm thinking about it like a company, like a media company and content is the product. So it's, it's not really content to me. It's not content marketing. It's not like we're using marketing to sell some other product. The way that I'm thinking about it is like, this is the product. There will be revenue streams. and, And I'm thinking about those a little bit 
more like a stage two of this thing. But stage one is just grow the audience and also to dial in what the content is. I have a I have a rough concept, which is around product strategy and helping people build a product, helping people some, I think a big focus will be like helping people learn how to code for the first time. If, if you want to bootstrap and build your own products, the way, the way that I sort of transitioned into that over the last, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the final direction. I'm going to sort of explore and do a lot of, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of content around exploring different branches of this tree and then see what kind of resonates and start to really dial it in. But that, and, and you know, I, I've started to get really excited about this idea of treating every piece of content, like every video on YouTube or every weekly newsletter as a product. Like that in itself is a, is a mini product. Like, all right, I'm planning a YouTube video. What's, who, who is it for? Who's the, who's the customer? What's the value that they should receive from clicking play on this video? How are we going to position it? How are we going to package it? you know, thumbnail, title, positioning, how are we going to hook them and how, and, and how are we going to like deliver the value over the course of the video? And that's, and, and I haven't even gotten into the weekly routine yet of, of producing, but that that's going to start this month. That's how I'm thinking about it. Like it, it's a content business. So I've, I've like, like fired up a notion workspace and I'm like planning all the operations around like, what does it look like to produce a new video or maybe two videos and a newsletter and some tweets and LinkedIn stuff and on a weekly basis ongoing, you know? Um, and this is going, and you're going to build this content and promote this content around the idea for folks to not just get clarity flow, right? It's, it's not going to be part of that. It's going to be for them to. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. This is a separate thing from clarity flow, separate business separate it'll it'll probably be a separate audience like it, clarity flow is really clarity flow we we do use content marketing to market that SaaS product right we've got a clarity flow a limited podcast over there we've got seo articles and stuff like that but it's but I also but my personal brand is not really in clarity like most most people who find clarity flow today don't know who i am and and Clarity Flow is aimed at coaches. Uh, it's, a, it's primarily a tool for running a coaching business. Whereas this, what I'm focused on now is going to be more for like product founders, mm. essentially, or people who, who want to uh, build, transition to a product-based business. You know? So you don't, you don't see it as sort of like, I hate to use, well, not hate is not if it's kind of strong phrase, but I, I don't want to use his name. Like the, you're not staking your Gary V claim here, right? Like here's Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Here's the man, you know, the, the brand. And then he's got all these little products below him. Right. And, and you kind of see each one in, in the content that he puts out. This isn't that for you, right? Like this won't feed Clarity Flow or another product in the future. It's going to be just the products that come from, yeah. from this. Yeah, I'm basically, the way that I'm thinking about it right now is, so for the past three years, I've had a single business. That's Clarity Flow. Before that, I sold, I sold a bunch of businesses, but as of 20, like end of 2020, 2021 is when I went all in on just Clarity Flow. And that's been the case for the last three years. Starting in now and into 2024, I'm going to two businesses, essentially. It's going to be this that I'm calling instrumental products and Clarity Flow. 
Yeah. And like, and like high level, the way that I'm thinking about instrumental products is kind of a, a couple phase approaches. Like phase one is grow the audience, you know, go from my little organic circles of networks that I have right now to, I, I really want to focus on growing a, a large audience of, of this type of like product founders through primarily through YouTube and email newsletter. And that's like phase one and, but it'll be like ongoing. And then like phase two, maybe middle of next year or something is when I can start to look into, all right, what are the potential revenue streams from this? And the, and I look, and I don't even know what, what I'll land on, but there's courses I could do. I could do courses, maybe, maybe a series of mini courses. I could sell sponsorships on the YouTube channel. I could sell sponsorships on my podcast, open threads, you know, the, another concept that I'm, that I'm getting excited about, but it's probably a fur, further down the line would be like a membership product. You know, so if you're in the community, in the audience of, of this brand, there'll be like a private limited membership area, sort of a community, but maybe, maybe also doing like live, like a live events component to that. I've, I've been a fan of like really small conferences. So that could, that could play into it. So, you know, just lots of like potential ideas on, on where the revenue could come from, but in the, but in the short term, I, I strategically, I like the idea of like, just focus on audience and distribution first, like grow that as large as I possibly can through. And the best way that I know how to do that. And to me, my favorite way to do that is to just create really great content and not, not do any of these hacks. Like there's nothing wrong with like SEO and cold outreach and ads. We, we do those things for, for clarity flow for other products. That's, that can be very successful for, for any other products. But what I'm excited about is the creative side of it is, is creating and producing video and podcast content. And and when I, we can get into it, I'm sure, but like one of the reasons I'm, I'm really excited about YouTube specifically is that the way that I see it, the, what I'm learning about right now is the more effort that you put into quality and top and picking the right topics and connecting with an audience, YouTube sort of just rewards you with serving your content up through the algorithm. That's exciting to me because then it's like you, you're literally rewarded for your creativity Whereas with like SEO or ads or cold outreach, it's just technical. It's, it's a little bit ha borderline hacky. It's, you know, um, but it sort of works maybe, hopefully, I don't know. And, and that, that sort that style of marketing, I've, I've always found pretty frustrating and, and I've, I've been challenged with that with, as a founder and my strength has always been more on the creative side. So that's, that's why for this business, after, after many businesses, I'm, I'm excited to sort of dive in as like a media content kind of company. I swear to God, I, I I don't have a crystal ball, but the actual next bullet point I wrote down was creative fulfillment. <laughs> and it, it kind of just goes to show, like, when we take a step back and we say, why does, well, I mean, you have to know the history of, of Brian. And I get the his, we'll get into the history of, like, my media brand as well in a moment. But, I mean, Restaurant Engine, and then you had... You right had, after was, Restaurant Engine, I started... Well, Another product I, I, service. It, yeah. I started audience ops at the time that I sold restaurant engine, but sort of overlapped with that. I started the productized course. But even before that you were doing consulting like yes. before, like yeah. right before, after that. Even yeah. before restaurant engine, I, I started as like a freelance web designer. Yeah. 
from 2008. And I started Restaurant Engine, I think around 2011. And and I phased out my like freelance client work around 2012. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got, but you got into selling a course for, for processing and productizing before you got into audience ops, didn't you? Slightly before. I think I launched productized in 2014. Oh, okay. And I launched audience ops, I think in 2015. So when we look at it, it's like, okay, why not, why not do, I mean, I, I think I know the answer, but I'll have you kind of define it. Creating a media brand, you're looking at it as good content serves me, serves a purpose. It can help me grow a business. It can serve like what an audience is looking for. It's creative. It's like the creative fulfillment. I enjoy doing this. And it's not writing lines of code <laughs> well, and competing with a, with a market competitor I or, do or leading some, market I'll competitor. be honest. I have some open questions about whether or not I actually, it, is it actually fulfilling for me? Because there are aspects of it that are really fulfilling. The, the really creative parts. So, so you can call it writing, but like just ide ideating on like new content ideas which maybe takes the form of like writing a script or, you know, just connecting with an audience. I, I really like that. I, I sort of enjoy getting on the mics or getting on camera. You know, I, I, that, I've become pretty comfortable with that. Editing, I do like the creative side of it. I also like getting technical, but I'm, I'm a, a little bit afraid that it's going to become a grind and, I'm, and I would like to outsource it at some point, but I, at, in the early days, I want to learn how to do it really well. I've, I've hacked through like screen flow and stuff for years, but I want to see... So that's that's a learning area, but the coding and software is something that I don't want to let go of, because uh, that's probably what I love doing most creatively now is designing and building software, and that's what I spend most of my time on Clarity Flow doing is working on the on the product, and so that's why I want to make the focus of this new channel, Instrumental Products, all about creating products. So. I guess in a sense, my, my, my thought in theory, I, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But in theory, the idea is if I could, instead of, instead of just using my product skills, design and code skills to just build and ship SaaS products, maybe use those skills to uh, teach those skills. And it's also given me an opportunity to learn a lot more. Like one of the, one of the frustrating things over the last couple of years with Clarity Flow is Clarity Flow is the only product that I ever work on. So like it's still on Rails 6. Rails, Rails is up to 7. They're coming out with 8 soon. So, but I don't have a reason to go learn the latest, greatest stuff because it's, there's not a business decision to upgrade our code base right now. Same thing with so many other tooling out there, whether it's, I mean, you know, I, I'm big into like Tailwind. I'm, I use different JavaScript frameworks. I, I even hack around in Figma quite a bit, but like I'm by no means an expert. And so if, I'm, if, if part of my task in this new business is, is te teach a lesson on using Figma or teach a lesson on, on setting up a new app using Laravel, that, that, that's an opportunity for me to spend a week and learn it and get up to speed on the, on the latest stuff and then teach it, you know? So I'm, I'm yeah. sort of excited for that kind of kind of cycle, you know. I want to talk about the <clears throat> the idea of of doing all this with your founder's hat on, and as we wrap up this first episode, I want to talk about it, like 
why are founders so bad at this? <laughs> and get your opinion on that. I, quickly, you know, if if you've never heard me talk on a podcast before, I uh, ran a podcast called Matt Report, did it for 10 years, covered WordPress entrepreneurship, started it when I was running an agency back when I met Brian. And it was a huge sales vehicle for me because, I mean, back then, we're talking 10 years ago, there were no WordPress podcasts. Podcasts were kind of just getting mainstream back then. And when I was going up against, again, the early days of WordPress agencies, I mean, there was a lot of business to be had. There wasn't a lot of agencies around. And if you could get in front of people and you did WordPress, you'd have to be a real loser not to get hired, right? Did you, so, but I, did you find the the podcast was actually bringing new clients to you? Like people were discovering you through that? So it's the same thing that I've been telling people forever with podcasting is it opened up opportunity. So when I got it, it didn't bring, the short answer is it didn't bring customers in. But what it did for me I was saying. I was able to shoulder my way in front of the line of the WordPress community and get to meet people, which like I was meeting all the big agencies at the time and they were growing gangbusters. You know, so, that, like, that is such a good point about podcasting specifically. It's not a, it's not easy to grow a podcast audience. It's not a platform where people will just discover you every day. But yeah, like through interviewing people in the industry, you know, or, or the, the, the audience does grow kind of slowly. And so like, like what I find is that like, yeah, occasionally I get customers on my various businesses over the years who do listen to my podcast, but more often it's like a listener of my podcast invites me to go speak at their conference, which, which then translates into more clients or, right. I don't know, or, or I'm able to like message what pretty well-known people pretty easily because because I've been out there on the airwaves for, for years, you know? Yeah, you have a body of work. It's sweat equity. I mean, it's literally people who just, it's almost like, I hate to say this because it's a little untold secret of podcasting is it's almost like headline reading where you just read a headline and you go, oh, the world's ending. <laughs> is it? I don't know. I didn't read the article. <laughs> I just saw the headline. But, and same thing with podcasting. People go, oh, you have a podcast? And they look at it and they say, wow, this person's been talking for 200 plus episodes, 500 plus episodes. They must know what they're talking about, mm -hmm. right? Without even clicking and listening, right? But it's that sweat equity that you continue to put in because even if people don't listen to it, they know you still do it and they know how hard it is. <laughs> so they're just like, he's still doing it. Mm -hmm. So kudos. And I trust that person or he or she, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I built the Matt Report for whatever, 10 plus years. For the last few years, it was probably doing in direct sales sponsorship about $50,000 a year, right? Where I could just go sell ads, supplement my full-time job. And then it was sort of towards end of well, almost three or two or three years ago at this point, where I was just like, hey, WordPress is getting to, it covers WordPress, Matt Report did. And WordPress is getting to this peak where, I mean, this is COVID years, right? So WordPress was booming, digital sales was booming. And I was like, maybe I'll just sell Matt Report because creatively, I was like, I, I want to do something else. I want to move off of this and I want to do something else. Meanwhile, there is a YouTube channel happening, which we can talk about later. But I was like, let me just sell this thing. And because uh, I was like, surely 
another brand wants a media brand. Like they want to build a media brand and I can just fast track them. I'll just sell you my body of work and you can have it. It's a trusted name, trusted podcast in the WordPress space. What's the biggest negative factor of me trying to do that? My name is in the podcast. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So I talked to a few people where it was like, hey, you can contract me and... I've produced podcasts before at my old gig, so there's ways to like transition hosts out and like tr- change the creative angle. A lot of people didn't want to, you know, bite for that, and it and it didn't work. So I kind of just closed out the chapter of the Matt Report silently, as I I launched at the same time I launched the WP Minute, which started as just a five minute recap of WordPress news in the industry every week. Started just as a newsletter, transitioned to a podcast, and then just the inertia of me being like, okay, I can't just do this little five minute thing anymore. (laughs) I got to do back to another long form audio interview podcast. I need to turn it into a blog. I need to hire writers. I need to reinvest back into the, into the YouTube channel. Meanwhile, still the WP minutes sort of like evolved into a, like a a version 2.0 of, of Matt report without, without it being like with Matt at the center of the name of the brand and hundred percent. Because what I learned was people are just like, yeah, would love to buy something like this, but not with your name in it. I want to just get back to the founder, the founder side of this, because as we wrap it up for this episode, why do you think founders, let me put, I'll put you on the spot for a second. I've seen you, I've heard you talk about this with Jordan. And I know this is a couple of years ago. So yeah. And this in, also in fairness, what I saw with clients at audience ops too. Like, yeah. yeah. And you already know where you are. I know you already know where I'm going with this, right? Cause I've heard you talk about this with Jordan and be like, and you both have said this, like <clears throat> we got to get back on social media. Now you've been doing this now for a couple of years and you've, you've been doing really well with it. But I remember you talking about like, oh man, I, you know, maybe shutting out the noise of Twitter. I'm not like super built in public, but this is years ago. Now you're, you're doing a lot better with it. But I've also seen founders and work with founders who just force content and social. And then it's like going to the gym in January. Everyone's going to start going to the gym. And then they're going to be like, ah, screw this. I'm going to back. This sucks. I'm going to get back to eating pizza. And then you never hear from these people again. I mean, what happened to build in public? You know, I think that I I think, well, a few things. I think that if it's a found, if, if we're talking about personal brands as, as founders, that's a very personal thing. There's there's a segment of founders who are just naturally drawn to that sort of thing. I've never I'm actually super shy in real in real life, like in person. <laughs> like I I'm not an outgoing like light, I'm not the life of the party guy. I'm usually the quietest quietest person at, at a party. Put a guitar in his hand and a microphone <laughs> and a small little bar. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I I'm, I'm much better in like close close groups of friends essentially. But this style of audience like being on a microphone with with like podcasting and Twitter and, and a little bit of like sharing on, on video and stuff like that does like, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in those mediums, but it's also just a personality thing. Like, like be, wanting to share publicly. Like I know a lot of incredible founders, they built incredible businesses, but nobody knows who they are and they like it that way. They, they're just, they're just technical business entrepreneurs, not technical in the code sense, but like they're just business minded. Like there's many ways to be successful as a, as a, in a business, right? You don't have to be a personal brand. And I think for certain types of businesses like SaaS, like audience, the personal audience is not generally the ticket. It could help in the early days, but it's usually not ideal. 
the so so I think it so you look at like someone like like Jason Fried and DHH like yeah they built a big SaaS business with Basecamp but they're also like naturally drawn to being uh it like it's I think it's their natural personalities to share the way, in the way that they do I don't think that they're scheduling tweets and and like I don't think they use like a content calendar to you know they they probably have a thought and they push it out there that's it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think it's like this trust factor. I grew up in, my family owned a car dealership, a General Motors car. Well, it was a Mazda dealership. And then they, we purchased a General Motors dealership. <clears throat> and when you're in that environment, like not even General Motors wants to help you as a dealer. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there was always like this feeling of you have to be the one to get the word out, to get customers, to get attention. I don't care if you have a million dollars in ad spend or you're, you know, doing search engine optimization, you have to be the one to get it out there. And I think that's what is sits inside of me is like, I do this because I don't trust the algorithm or ad spending or anything like that. And I think that's why I, I, yeah. Drawn I mean, I'm also starting to right now, I know this isn't like a real time podcast, but like I, this speaks to like, there is this tension between especially on Twitter, I think, in, in our circles in this industry, even the wider industry, whether it's like WordPress or SaaS or whatever it is, we treat Twitter like our industry water cooler. You know, we're, there's friendships firing up. I think you and I probably originally met through Twitter or something, or something like it, right? But at the same time, Twitter is still a platform and you can, and maybe it's debatable, but maybe, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't promote your own stuff on Twitter, but like, and there's also like a, an approach, a strategy to like drafting Twitter threads and, and having, and you know, this stupid term like thread boy and, and like, you know, like, like <laughs> that's B O I. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like some of that stuff does work. And, and, and maybe there's an argument, argument to be made that like some of it can actually be high quality or, or it can resonate with the right people. And there's maybe an, also an, an argument to be made that like just me and my circle of friends, we might hate that shit on Twitter, but at the, at the same time, like maybe that works. So what's, what's my priority? Do I, do I just want to hang out with friends on Twitter or do I want to build a business? You know, I, I think it's a tension. I don't know what the correct answer is on that, you know, but I, again, like right now, while I'm thinking about what does it look like to build a media content business in, in terms of its operation, like there has to be a strategy around like producing videos, releasing newsletters, and there's going to be some social media component to that with tweets and LinkedIn posts. So it, it, you know, I think maybe my feed might look different in 2024 than it does now. I don't know yet. I'm, I'm still kind of exploring it, but it's a, it's a weird question. I'm still trying to figure it out. Now it's time for our last segment, are robots taking over the world? Or as I like to say, what are you doing with AI? <laughs> Dude, with AI, I don't know how, this is not going to be relevant for your audience, but so like these, these things that I'm putting on my ceiling, they're like 23 inches by 31 inches. They, they couldn't be exact squares for whatever reason. And it doesn't cover my ceiling exactly. So I used ChatGPT to help me figure out how many panels in what configuration <laughs> and how far from the edge of this awkwardly sized room 
I started calculating it myself and I'm like, I'm way too confused right now. This is getting way too complicated. <laughs> and I went to ChatGPT. I was like, look, I've got this many panels. They're this size. My ceiling is this size. I want it to be sort of even around the whole the whole thing. Give me a give me a plan. Like, what what do I measure? How many panels am I putting where? And it and it gave me a plan. And that's that's what I'm doing right now. Thanks for listening to Breaking Content, a limited series podcast produced, edited, and recorded by Matt Medeiros, co-hosted by Brian Castle. Sign up for the newsletter at www.breakingcontent.co. Search for Breaking Content in your favorite podcast app and follow us. One more time for those of you in the back, sign up for our newsletter at www.breakingcontent.co. See you in the next episode. think they're still listening. I'm not sure. They say humans don't have a very good completion rate when it comes to listening to podcasts. I bet if it were a cat video, they would have watched the whole thing five times. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, 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 hi. I can't wait to tell them that joke in the newsletter at www.breakingcontent.co.